0: Started, uh, first thing in the morning um, and then went till uh, I believe just after midnight is when we finally were able to reach a tentative agreement.
1: Now on the news hour, it's a tentative deal. BC's paramedics reach a resolution with their employer that
2: still needs to be ratified. plus trying to, trying to kind of reach out and do little bits to help him started a process of, of becoming
3: friends.
1: More questions than answers, the man who died inside a Burnaby Starbucks remembers as the province's police watchdog probes his death, and...
4: The bed bugs and the bugs I couldn't even identify were attacking me every night, so I went back to sleeping on the sidewalk.
1: What success can look like in supportive housing is the state of some SROs and where their funding is going falls under new scrutiny.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening. Thanks for joining us. We begin with breaking news and finally, some good news tonight surrounding the province's overstressed and underfunded health care system. After months of negotiations and marathon talks between the union representing BC's paramedics and their employer, a tentative deal for a new contract has been reached. Catherine Urquhart has our top story.
5: It was a marathon 16-hour bargaining session that extended from Friday morning into the wee hours of Saturday morning. At the table were members of the Paramedics Union, Health Employers Association and Mediator Vince Reddy. Finally, there's a tentative collective agreement.
0: I'm confident that this contract is going to allow us to really stabilize the ambulance service and put a foundation in place to do that.
5: (laughs) The deal comes as BC's ambulance system continues to struggle. Don't touch yeah. my leg. There have been countless stories about extensive delays for patients seeking care. I would like to say that they were very apologetic and polite, but it was way too long, way too long. She was just screaming in agony. That's pretty tough to watch. A key issue for the paramedics has been wages. According to the union, the deal does address this, along with other critical problems.
0: They are getting more money, and it's within the shared mandate that the government had given guidelines. The issues around rural and remote recruitment, we've been able to address those issues significantly and move from that scheduled on-call model in rural and remote. Health
5: Minister Adrian Dix told Global News, The Ministry of Health is very pleased to hear that both parties have reached a tentative agreement. We'll leave any further comment until that process is complete. Getting much credit for the long-awaited deal, veteran mediator Vince Reddy.
0: He really understands the issue and understands how to communicate with people and listen to them and really bring them together.
5: A ratification vote still needs to take place. That's expected to happen in the coming weeks. BC's ambulance system on its way, it appears, to a healthier future. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
1: And still more reaction tonight to the deplorable conditions at a Vancouver single-room occupancy building, which were first highlighted by Global News this week. As Julia Foy reports, the operator of a Fraser Valley recovery place is now addressing the issue as well, highlighting the vast disparity in funding that operations like his receive in comparison to what some SROs obtain.
0: Ended it back
1: up
6: on the downtown east side. Completely hopeless, Luke
2: and Ed place have here both here walked a rough road to recovery. They each spent time living in SROs, single room occupancy buildings in the downtown east side as they struggle to survive an addiction to drugs.
7: It's heartbreaking. I have friends down there, right? And, I, and people are dying
6: every day. Being in those places down there, um, You know, I just
3: had no hope at all.
2: Earlier this week, Global News was taken to Sakura House Supportive Housing, run by the Lookout Society. Residents there had complained of deplorable living conditions.
7: At the end of the day, we do have a cleaning regime. We do the very best we can with the resources we have.
2: Both men found the help they needed at Joshua's house, a licensed recovery treatment center nestled deep in the woods along the Chilliwack River.
7: We like to get guys in here within 24 hours of the phone call.
2: Up to 48 men can be housed here before moving into community housing and entering work training programs. The centre is supported by several churches, but the manager here says it's unfair that the B.C. government only provides a third of the daily support payment for each client that agencies that run SROs receive.
3: We need more
5: funding. Uh, Licensed facilities need more funding. If they can give $101 to SROs downtown Eastside, why can't they give us at least $50 a day.
2: Many here say Joshua's house has given them a way out of the despair of addiction. Now Cale is trying to help his younger sister who's still living in a crowded SRO in Vancouver.
8: Uncapped needles, like this, cockroaches, bed bugs, living in terrible conditions.
2: Luke says his recovery has been a long one but it's now brought him home just in time for the holidays.
6: We were uh, actually together for the first time in many years for Christmas. It was incredible. You know, I just have to say that um, this place is changing my life.
2: Julia Foy, Global News.
1: A trailer park near Prince George has now gone more than three months without running water with still no timeline on when it may be back up and running. The Lakeview Trailer Park's water system failed back on October 11th after already having had major issues for months beforehand. The province owns the park and contracted a property management firm to fix it, but several efforts have so far failed. Instead, residents have been offered hotel rooms while repairs continue. The mayor of Fraser Lake says her constituents
9: are growing in Increasingly frustrated. These are humans that, that deserve to have basic amenities, so basic services, basic rights to be met. And, and water is obviously something that is vital to most people. And, and we take it for granted. You take for granted not being able to have a shower, you know, not being able to wash your hands, let alone wash your dishes. So even to just do a basic thing like cooking, it, it's tough. The province
1: is pointing to the poor state of the system itself, as well as last month's extreme cold weather, as reasons for the delay. With weeks until the controversial decriminalization of small amounts of certain drugs in this province kicks in, a professor who spent decades compiling data on addiction and how it might correlate with crime and mental illness is calling out the provincial government. He says that database has been ordered destroyed. Paul Johnson reports.
7: What's the relationship between mental illness, addiction, and crime?
3: SFU psychology professor Julian Summers is talking about why he and the provincial government set out to create a unique database about 20 years ago.
7: What we were all trying to find out were ways of helping people.
3: Summers and his team were able to cross-correlate data from the health, criminal justice and social services systems to try and better understand what was happening to people struggling with addiction.
7: It's the only source of information of its kind.
3: But just as British Columbia's overdose epidemic was intensifying, Summers was shocked to get a letter from the Ministry of Public Safety telling him to delete the database. He has his own theory about why. The
7: instruction to destroy the data came one week after a presentation that I subsequently learned was very unpopular.
3: In a statement, the Ministry of Public Safety said the information-sharing agreement with Summers was due to expire, and that the data was being shifted to another program that Summers would continue to have access to. Though Summers disputes that, and the B.C. Liberal Party's new shadow minister for addiction questions why the government would order Summers to delete years of work.
9: We need all the information that we can. I think that we haven't found the solution to it yet, and you would think that the more information that we have access to in finding solutions, the better it would actually be.
3: With B.C. now just weeks away from its historic decriminalization of street drugs like heroin, meth, and crack, Summers believes the data they generated supported conclusions the government doesn't like. So far, he's defied their order to delete the database as a crisis of
7: homelessness, mental illness, and addiction is worsening, that you would choose that moment to destroy one of the world's best sources of data into how those problems interact? Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: Lumber giant Canfor is extending its sawmill curtailments in this province by another two weeks due to weak market conditions and a shortage of viable timber. The company says that will impact production at wood facilities in Prince George, Chetwynd and Vanderhoof. The shutdown has already been in place for a month now, but the extension means six more weeks off for some workers.
10: Uh, a four-week curtailment
4: is, uh, is a tough enough thing for, for families to swallow. Um, you add that up to six weeks, very few people kind of have that financial plan in, in their background, right?
7: It really is
4: the, uh, the fabric of the town, and, and when people need to, to tighten their belts, uh, it's felt throughout the town.
1: Canfor says it regrets the impact the shutdown is having on its employees, and it's looking at other employment opportunities for those who would like to keep working, including maintenance and cleanup projects. Operations are expected to resume by the end of the month. And the community-owned lumber mill in Midway is scheduled to close, leaving 85 employees and nearly 100 contractors in the lurch. The company that operates the mill announced the closure on its website, blaming the closure on the mill not having forest tenure, which would allow it to harvest logs from Crown land. The village of Midway has a population of just under 700 people. Next on the News Hour, the heartless theft of a bank with no money.
4: Two fellows came uh, with, a, with a pro bar.
1: The brazen break-in that left a beloved local food bank picking up the pieces. What the thieves were likely after. Plus, the cartel activity causing chaos in parts of Mexico and the Canadians caught up in it. The latest on the unfolding situation abroad. That's after the break. See with us. Well, to many, he was a friend. That's how a well-known homeless man who lived and died in Burnaby is being remembered by his neighbors as questions surround his death inside a local Starbucks last month. Well, the province's police watchdog probes the death of Calvin Bear Gertzen. Those who knew him hope a man largely ignored by many towards the end of his life won't be overlooked in death. Kristen Robinson reports. <laughs>
2: We're here today because of Calvin, uh, also known as Bear.
9: Harinder Parmar touched by the turnout at a memorial she organized for Calvin Bear Gertson, a testament, she says, to Calvin's ability
2: to connect with people. That was his gift, and he was in a lot of pain, you know, with with his addiction, and, and, um,
9: and it was hard. Parmar met Calvin at North Burnaby's Kensington Square, where one day she found him outside, sobbing and cold because his blankets and sleeping bag had been removed from the park across the street where he lived.
2: You know, It pushes somebody deeper into their addiction and depression when, when they're devalued. And he was sensitive to that. He said, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be stuck, you know, basically kind of latched to a bottle. Parmar and
9: others who befriended Calvin have identified him as the man who died at this Starbucks last month. On December 16th, RCMP say they responded to a call about an overdosing man who'd been in an altercation with an employee. BC's police watchdog says when officers arrived, an interaction occurred and the man went into medical distress. Despite life-saving efforts, he did not survive. The Independent Investigations Office is probing what role, if any, Police actions may have played in Calvin's death. His memorial attended by Burnaby Mayor Mike Hurley, who spent 30 years as a firefighter.
3: Calvin was
0: not invisible to me. And he'll never be forgotten.
9: Sean McPhail says Calvin was one of the first people he met as an outreach worker.
0: And the reason why they call him Bear is because of his size. But I believe once I started to get to know him, that he had to be that big for the size of his heart that he had.
2: We don't always have to see people and assume they're bad. And like he would say, just come, like, just come over and say hello to me. I'm not going to bite you. Calvin thanked Parmar for her kindness with this
9: card during their last visit. It was really beautiful, and you know, I at the time I didn't know that was going to be the last time I was going to see him. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
1: Well, who would rob a food bank? That's what the operators of a Fraser Valley nonprofit that helps the most vulnerable are asking tonight. After thieves targeted their offices, making off with valuables and leaving a trail of very expensive destruction behind. Travis Prasad reports.
4: They've obviously smashed the door lock the dead out of the door i mean there's bits and pieces of debris all over the ground here
11: the aftermath of a disheartening ordeal it's it's a setback for sure a break-in at the offices of the friends in need food bank near 227th street and dudney trunk road it happened on thursday around 5 30 in the morning police say two suspects forced their way in through this door they basically went from office to office
4: kicking in doors to see what they could find and they went through all our drawers they they uh, were able to take uh, three laptops. They found our safe. They ripped the safe out of the floor.
11: General Manager Evan Seals says the thieves then made their way downstairs to the warehouse. But lights appeared outside and I think that spooked them and they,
4: they, we saw them run up the stairs and, and take off.
11: But not before causing thousands of dollars in damage. Nearly every door jam is broken. The nonprofit has insurance but will have to pay the deductible and spend valuable time doing repairs instead of helping their 4,000 clients.
4: We, we are here to help people yeah. and we're here to feed the people at Maple Ridge and really help out. And when somebody comes through the food bank and causes this kind of damage, there's a, there's
11: a huge cost to that. The suspects were caught on surveillance camera. Ridge Meadows RCMP needs the public's help identifying them. One was wearing a Nike Tilly hat, red bandana, gray gloves and pants, red shoes and carried a duffel bag. The other wore a black Kappa brand jacket, black pants and Nike shoes. They turned drawers upside down and dumped papers on the floor. Like they just made a mess to yeah.
4: going through every drawer looking for change or whatever they could find, whatever. right?
11: Seal calls stealing from a food bank a sad sign of the times and has this message for the culprits. If you need help, we're here to help you. you know
4: well, That's what we're here for. Um, I'd love to get the computers back, but I don't know if that's going to happen.
11: Travis Prasad, Global News.
1: Several airports in Mexico's Sinaloa state have now reopened following an outburst of cartel violence that's lasted days. Airports in the coastal cities of Mazatland, Culiacan and Los Muchis are back to regular operations now. A spokesperson for WestJet tells Global News flights to and from Mazatland resumed as of today. So far, Sunwing has not responded to questions. The federal government is advising travelers to check with airlines directly for the most up-to-date flight schedules. A travel advisory is in effect for the entire state of Sinaloa, except for Mazatlan. Canadians already in the region are asked to shelter in place and avoid large crowds. Coming up, concerns around the spread of COVID as the countdown to Lunar New Year begins.
6: The lunar year is going to spread infection through the whole of China and therefore the worst is still to come
1: the busiest time of the year for travel in a country with exploding infection rates begins the warning from health officials plus vanishing giants alarming new data predicting the world's glaciers are on track to disappear altogether that's after the break stay with us In China, an annual migration of sorts began today, one that brings a whole new wave of COVID-19 concerns. People have begun traveling ahead of the Lunar New Year coming up later this month. Turia Isri reports.
8: Millions of passengers are on the move in China during the biggest holiday of the year. An estimated 2 billion trips will be made over the Lunar New Year, threatening to inflame the country's COVID-19 outbreak.
6: The worst is still to come in terms of absolute numbers of cases, hospitalizations and deaths.
8: A mass exodus is underway from cities to the countryside, with passengers desperate to see family after years of separation under strict lockdowns.
0: My grandparents have also told me many times that they miss me a lot.
8: But in rural China, vaccination rates are low and healthcare is limited. We've enhanced training for medical workers in these areas, says China's National Health Commission. But hospitals in urban centers are already struggling to cope with the surge. Infections have soared since the country abruptly ended its COVID zero policy. The World Health Organization warns Beijing is under reporting cases.
4: The tragedy of a government that wants to, to consider itself infallible. So you're not allowed to
6: admit your mistakes.
8: A growing list of countries, including Canada, now require passengers from China to show negative COVID tests. But health experts believe it will make little difference.
9: You can slow, but you will never stop
0: the virus or the bacteria when it's out of the bottle. It is just too many ports of entry.
8: In Europe and North America, an offshoot of Omicron is circulating. Subvariant variant XBB15, is spreading rapidly in the U.S., now making up 70% of new infections in the Northeast. There are a few dozen confirmed cases in Canada, but with a lack of testing, that number is likely higher. Doctors say it's the most transmissible strain yet, but does not appear more severe.
6: We are fortunate in that we have a reasonably good firewall of high levels of vaccination Including now booster doses, although they're still lagging.
8: And getting vaccinated is the best layer of protection as the virus keeps evolving. Taria Isri, Global News, Ottawa.
1: In Iran, the Islamic Republic regime carried out the executions this morning of two young men who were fighting for their freedoms. And today, Iranian-Canadians joined arms to continue their fight for justice at the Vancouver Art Gallery. People holding up photos of Mohammed Mehdi Karami and Mohammed Hosseini, who were both hanged. Karami was a karate champion and Hosseini was a volunteer children's coach. More than 40 more protesters have received death sentences in recent months. Demonstrators in Vancouver say the timing of these latest executions was deliberate, just ahead of the three-year anniversary of Flight 752.
7: As you know, tomorrow is the third year anniversary of the family of PS-752 and many Iranians in Iran, they decided to come on the street and ask for justice for the family. And I think the Iranian government wants to create, you know, fear atmosphere and that's why.
1: Well, for many of us, Christmas is last year's news, but this weekend is Christmas for millions of Orthodox Christians, and it's an especially special time for Ukrainians who've sought refuge here in Canada. In the Okanagan, residents hosted a Ukrainian winter party to mark the occasion today. It's also been nearly one full year since Russia invaded Ukraine, and it's hoped these local festivities will help ease concerns about the war raging back home.
2: It's their first Christmas away from home, and we wanted to do something special for them. These people a year ago were not planning to move to Canada. They were not planning to leave their country and and, uh, start a new life, they are displaced. They are hurting. They are trying really hard to build a
1: life here. Some 300 Ukrainian refugees now call the Okanagan home. A new study suggests two-thirds of the world's glaciers are on track to disappear by the end of the century. The study out of Carnegie Mellon University highlights what many of us know, glaciers are an important water resource and more so during drought periods. But over the next eight years, experts project 90 millimeters of sea level rise as glaciers melt and the temperatures rise.
11: We also expect to see about 50 percent of the glaciers by number being lost. And the reason that that number is higher is because there's a lot of really small glaciers, less than one square kilometer. And those glaciers simply are not going to be able to withstand the increases in temperature. But when we think about sea level rise, it's really a focus on the large glaciated region, for example, in the Arctic, Alaska and Antarctica.
1: Currently, melting glaciers contribute about 20 percent to the overall sea level rise. A new Alzheimer's drug has been approved in the United States, but it comes with a caveat. It's the first medication of its kind with clear cut evidence. It can slow down symptoms of the disease by several months. But experts say it does not provide a cure and is only intended for early-stage patients. For those who do start treatment, it will not come cheap. The drug currently costs more than $26,000 a year. Most drugs on the market for Alzheimer's are aimed at helping symptoms, not at slowing down the disease. Coming up, still got your Christmas tree? Well, we'll tell you where to take it. Plus, if it's not broke... We throw things away when they break. We buy new things. So let's take our items Let's Learn how to take care of them. Reduce, reuse, recycle, and repair. Meet the hard-working volunteers who want to restore your old stuff to good as new. That's after the break. Stay with us.
3: You're watching Global B.C.,
1: Welcome back. Well, it's that time of year again when you can take your live Christmas tree to get chipped while also helping out a very good cause. The city of Vancouver is highlighting tree-chipping events this weekend at the parking lots of Kids Beach, Caristel Community Ice Rink, King George Secondary and Trout Lake Community Centre. Similar events are also being held in most communities right across the province. Organisers in Vancouver are asking attendees to bring a non-perishable food item or cash donations for the local food bank.
6: This is the second year after
11: the pandemic has been uh, more... More trees coming. Uh, average, uh, we for the two days event is probably around uh, 800 trees and more.
1: And Avon Shell joins us now with a look at the forecast. Avon, a soggy, wet day out there. <laughs> pretty sure it still is this evening
12: yeah we are yeah. tracking the rain it's been a soggy start we're going to see a parade of storms that'll push its way in and that's the weather story that we're following there's a brief break overnight tonight and i will have more coming up in just a moment at this hour we can see that from the satellite and radar the green is that swath of moisture all areas across uh metro vancouver the lower Mainland, we're seeing it across the island as well and then a brief break will be in behind it this is what we're anticipating and then this will be the next weather maker that is going to move in bringing another round of rain and that'll be for sunday so we we'll heads up overnight into the early morning hours. We may have a brief break. Temperatures will dip down to 5. Some fog patches and then the rain picks up in the morning. Continues through the afternoon. With the rainfall tomorrow, heads up, the winds will pick up. We'll look at gusts closer to 40 kilometers per hour. Rainfall amounts, uh, one of the f- uh, future casts is showing us 5 and up to 10 for most areas. Higher amounts could be inland across the island and along the western edge. So a heads up, 5 and up to 10 and we're tracking snow. If you're travelling along the mountain passes, the area of concern will be for the the Kootenai Pass, where we have higher amounts intensifying through the afternoon and evening, and we could see the potential between 10 and up to 15 centimeters. So check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. Sea to sky should actually taper off to showers, and then it'll be flurries through the day tomorrow. Northern half of the province, different weather picture along the coast with some breaks from there. Pleasant through the day with highs up to 5. Much of the central and southern half of the province we've got temperatures close to or hovering the freezing mark overnight and taking us in towards the morning hours. With that, the precipitation could start to fall as wet flurries and then change over to showers. We'll see that mostly for the Thompson Okanagan and extending into the southeastern corners of the province, but it'll continue as snow especially for higher elevations. Now along the south coast, the winds will pick up. That'll be a big weather story through the day. Along the island we could see gusts of up to 50 the lower mainland we have those winds through the day tomorrow gusts of up to 40 and then actually intensifying overnight once again Closer to 50 kilometers per hour. So wet and windy in the coming days. Our five-day forecast plays out like this. We will see that round of rain moving in, especially for the morning hours. A bit of a clearing and brief break will be Monday night, taking us in towards our Tuesday. And then, Sarah, next round of rain will be Tuesday night, taking us into Wednesday, Thursday so far. Back oh, to Oh, boy.
1: Okay, it's looking like January.
12: Yeah, least, you bet. That's <laughs> <so. laughs>
1: par for the course. Thanks, Yvonne. You bet. Port Coquitlam is trying to ring in a sustainable new year with its first repair cafe of 2023. The volunteer-run repair shop was held today at the city's public works yard. Repairs are by donation and done on a first-come, first-served basis. The team can fix furniture, textiles, jewelry, electronics, and much more, including waffle makers. People are encouraged to learn how to take care of their items so they last longer instead of just throwing stuff away and buying new
4: I rather like it instead of putting in the landfill and all those things if we can fix anything it is better to fix it and since being on a limited income now it's always better to get something done.
5: We have a fantastic team who have an incredible passion for sustainability
9: for fixing the item and to share their knowledge on how to fix items in the community.
4: I grew up on a farm so you you don't hire people when you work on a farm you fix it yourself or you attempt to fix it so uh yeah just lots of little skill sets and i've always been a tinkerer so uh, just repairing stuff here has been kind of a lot of fun to, to make something work for somebody
1: a tinkerer i love that poor limbs repair cafe was started with funding from the city in 2019 but the local rotary club now runs it. And, guys, now I know where to take my waffle maker.
12: Yes. See, fixed. That's a ton you appreciate, of things. You
6: appreciate guys and women who can fix things. If I Absolutely. change a light bulb, I am so proud <laughs> of myself. But these guys are another level.
1: Sure. Very cool. Uh, connects on the road today, Barry.
6: Yeah, they're starting a very daunting uh, five-game road trip. Honestly, looking at it, uh, I'm not sure where there's a win in those five <laughs> games, but the Canucks, as we know, whatever we think they'll do, they're good and opposite. They're like your kids. You, you <laughs> never know what's going on with them. So we will uh, tee that up for you. And Ryan Reynolds, you know him. He owns that, that soccer team, Wrexham, in England. They pulled off a huge, shocking upset in the FA Cup playdown. So we're going to show you that. He wasn't at the game, but as usual, he tweeted And uh, he loved it, so we'll show you that. I'm sure.
1: Okay, looking forward to that. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Yvonne. We'll see you both soon. Coming up, socked in by snow and ice.
5: This past Christmas, we were trapped in our home.
1: The rural British Columbians emerging from last month's winter wallop with some harsh criticism for the province. That's after the break. Stay with us. Numerous communities across the province are still dealing with the aftermath of last month's winter storms. That includes people living and working near Enderby who say they were left virtually stranded by icy conditions. As Megan Tricada reports, they say lackluster road maintenance left them either stranded or forced to take matters into their own hands.
10: This past Christmas, we were trapped in our home. Trinity Valley Road resident Stacy Hooper shared these pictures of the icy road conditions she says left her household effectively stranded for days.
5: Christmas night, it started to rain. I'd have been better off with skates trying to travel this road. It was so icy.
10: To get to medical appointments, Hooper ended up walking a few kilometers to a spot where a relative could pick her up. You couldn't stand on the road.
5: Like It was, it was just solid ice.
10: Cooper says there was some unprecedented weather, but she also doesn't believe appropriate effort was made
5: to clear the road. We kept phoning and phoning and they kept telling us that they had to keep the, the main roads clear. Well, when I got down there, the main roads were clear and dry and we were still stranded up here.
10: Trinity Valley Road dairy farmer Ralph Van Dolphsen said the slippery conditions over the holidays also impacted his operations. As the farm needs to regularly move this piece of heavy equipment used for feeding cattle back and forth between two properties on the
0: road. Yeah, we couldn't run equipment back and forth a number of times or it was kind of dangerous to do so. So I'd actually, uh, we've got a gravel pit on our farm so I actually put gravel on the road ourselves kind of at my own risk sort of thing. Which isn't a very good feeling as well but it was what we had to do to be able to just run our own business.
10: Van Dolphsen would like to see the province review its local road maintenance contract.
0: Either there needs to be higher penalties for lack of service or you know, there ha- something has to change along those lines.
10: In a statement, the Ministry of Transportation said unusual weather over the holidays saw extreme cold and heavy snow followed immediately by freezing rain. And this led to extremely challenging road conditions in the Enderby area. The ministry said it was continuously monitoring the performance of the contractor and determined that in some cases response times were not met for restoring traction on side roads in the Enderby area, adding that the ministry is continuing to meet with the contractor to debrief on the storm to identify opportunities to improve service. While the road is now passable, residents say it's still far from ideal. Megan Turcato, Global News, near Enderby.
1: Coming up, Barry's back with sports plus booze at your beck and call. Depending on how, you know, desperate I would be or if I'm not
5: able to get out or if it's convenient for the time, then I might just do it.
1: Just not in B.C., the controversial convenience. One province is giving a taste test with a new pilot program. That's coming up after sports. Stick with us.
7: Head to B.C. Place to see Luke Combs. Catch the country superstar coming to Vancouver in May on his world tour as he takes the stage with special guests Riley Green, Lainey Wilson, Flatland Cavalry, and Brent Cobb. Don't miss Broadway Across Canada presenting Fiddler on the Roof at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. Enjoy a wonderful cast and a lavish orchestra telling the heartwarming story of fathers and daughters, husbands and wives, and the timeless traditions that define faith and family. For Our BC, I'm Michael Newman.
3: Global
0: BC Community Hub. Promote your event build your community. Global BC Community Hub, bringing your worlds together.
1: Welcome back. Barry's back. The Canucks have embarked on a pressure-packed road trip. I
6: guess yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I want to say make or break, but if they mm-hmm. go 0-5, it's, uh, yep. you know, it's, let's let's just tank this thing and forget <laughs> about it because there's no way they're making the playoffs. I don't, I don't think they're going to get there anyway, which is a shocking statement to make, I'm sure, for all of you. Of course they're not. All right, thanks, Sarah. The Canucks have arrived in Winnipeg, where tomorrow afternoon they begin a very challenging five-game road trip against some of the top teams in the league. It starts against the Jets who it seems are never a good matchup for Vancouver. Jets have beaten them twice already this year, 4-2 and 5-1. Now, other stops include Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Florida, and Carolina, a gauntlet to be sure. If the Canucks can win two or three of those five, that would be a huge and somewhat surprising accomplishment. But some of their best hockey has been played on the road this season. Now, their farm team, the Abbotsford Canucks, have had a great year in the AHL last night. Nice birthday present for that fan. Starves Taking on uh, Henderson's Silver Knights, Guillaume Brisebois sets up Surrey's Deep Baines for his third of the year, his first on home ice. Baines in on the second goal as well. Nice toe-drag to set up the 19-year-old Danila Klimovic. It's his seventh. And a productive night for the young prospects. Jack Rathbone will find Vasily Podkolzin. He rips it home. Abby wins 4-3. They're now 20-10-2. Third place. Same two teams back at it tonight. 7 o'clock base off, highlights at 11. NHL tonight, Seattle Kraken on the road in Ottawa. The Kraken 11-4-2 away from their Climate Pledge Arena. They have played their best hockey on the road. They're in good form, a three-game win streak. And how about this goal by Oliver Bjorkstrand, ripper off the post. Brady Kachuk answers coast-to-coast, solo dash for his 14th, ties at 1-1. But the Kraken can score goals, and they've erupted tonight. How about this guy, the former Canuck first-rounder, Jared McCann, great wrister for his team-leading 19th. Second period, now 4-3 Seattle, the goals keep coming. Jordan Eberle sets up the rookie, Matty Beniers, his 14th, leads all rookies. And it's 8-4 now for Seattle in the third. Leafs in Red Wings from Toronto. Leafs got spanked. 5-1 by Seattle the other night. Second period, Toronto down a goal, but Mitch Marner ties it. Nice uh, one-timer there off the miss on the shot from Matthews. Off the backboards, that's career point 500 for Marner. Matthews got his 500 points earlier this week. It's 1-1. And then the Leafs take the lead. The captain, John Tavares. Nice move there. First of two on the night for him. And with that goal... He's now in the top 100 all-time in NHL goals with 409. Leafs win 4-1. Rangers and Devils matinee from New Jersey. Great day for Quinn Hughes' younger brother. Jack steals the puck here on the back pass, splits the D, and then rifles home his 25th of the year, cuts the Ranger lead to 2-1. Third period, now 3-2 Rangers and. It's Hughes again cashing in the rebound. He's only 21, but already in his fourth NHL season and a budding star. He had a three-point game, ties it 3-3. It went to overtime, and the Devils win it. Long two-on-one. Damon Severson is the hero. Devils win 4-3. They now lead the Rangers by two points for second in the Metropolitan Division. The Seahawks should have a beef with the NFL schedule maker on the final weekend of the regular season. Seattle plays tomorrow afternoon at home against the Rams, needing a win to stay alive for a playoff spot. Now, if they do get that win, then they need Detroit to beat the Packers in the Sunday night primetime game. But if Seattle wins, Detroit knows they can't get into the playoffs, even if they beat the Packers. So the Lions' motivation goes way down you would think these two games should be played simultaneous, uh, simultaneously for fairness and uh, dramatic purposes but obviously the packers in prime time for the uh, viewership wins out every time the Demar hamlin story continues to inspire today the bill safety who was revived on the field last monday after cardiac arrest made his first public comment today on instagram hamlin said he is so very thankful for all the love and prayers and to continue praying for him because he still has a long road ahead. He also said, if you know me, this will only make me stronger. uh, Hamlin's uh, Bills teammates return to the field tomorrow at home against the Jets, and that is sure to be a very emotional day for the Bills and all football fans. And Kansas City Chiefs had a chance to clinch the AFC top seed in that position because that Bills-Bengals game ruled a no contest, so those teams will only play 16 games. So it'll come down to win percent. All the Chiefs uh, needed today was beat Vegas, and uh, they dominated. Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. A little shovel pass there to Jarek McKinnon. 7-0 KC. And then this piece of business, the Chiefs call it the ring around the rosy. Out of the huddle. Looks like the mean machine from the longest yard. That is razzle-dazzle. It's a pitch back to Mahomes who then throws to Kadarius Tony, who ends up taking it in for a touchdown. But sadly, the play was called back due to a holding penalty. But on the next play, Tony will get into the end zone and this one counts that uh, gave the Chiefs a big 24-3 lead at the half, and KC cruised from there. Isaiah Pacheco will bust a 31-yard run down to the two-yard line. He would later punch it in for another touchdown as the Chiefs do clinch the top seed in the AFC, 31-13 over the Raiders. KC finishes at 14-3. Meanwhile, going on right now in Jacksonville, Jaguars and Tennessee Titans. Winner gets into the playoffs as the AFC South champs loser is out. Jags have won five of six. Titans have lost six straight. So Jacksonville with all the momentum. But in the second, Joshua Dobbs will uh, find rookie Chig Okonkwo. Ryan Tannehill, the Tennessee starting quarterbacks, missed the last few games. And the Titans have been on a huge slide. But they led 10-0 before Trevor Lawrence will find Christian Kirk. That made it 10-7. 13-7 now, Tennessee early third quarter. It was an historic day for Canada and women's skiing at the World Cup giant slalom event in Slovenia. Ontario's Valerie Grenier captured the race for her first ever World Cup medal and victory. She's the first Canadian woman to win a World Cup GS since Kathy Kreiner in 1974. That was nearly 50 years ago. Grenier's win also snapped a five-race win streak by American Michaela Schifrin, who has 81 career wins, just one behind the great Lindsey Vonn for most World Cup wins ever by a woman. But today belongs to Grenier, who was a great junior skier, but broke her leg a few years ago, finally back to full health, and seeing the results with that uh, great podium gold medal today in Slovenia. Continues First PGA Tour Day. event. Would you love to be in Maui for the Tournament of uh, Champions? American Colin Morikawa. Has those irons dialed in this week at Kapalua. He has led since the first round. He was 8-65 under 65 today. Leads at 24-under. Six-shot lead over three players, including Scotty Scheffler. Corey Connors is the top Canadian 24th. Mackenzie Hughes is 32nd. And Surrey's Adam Svensson, who just won his first event a few weeks ago, is tied for last, unfortunately. It's FA Cup, third round, Harry Kane and Tottenham taking on... Portsmouth, always interesting to see the Premier League teams taking on the team's way, a couple divisions down from them. And uh, Portsmouth put out a good show, but it was Harry Kane showing his quality, scoring the only goal of the match in the 50th minute. 265th career goal for Spurs for him and Tottenham win 1-0 they advance to the fourth round which is the final 32. Meanwhile Wrexham the club owned by Vancouver movie star Ryan Reynolds. They actually play at Wales not England I said earlier. They're in the UK but in Wales. Wrexham plays three light leagues below Coventry their opposition today. Four below the premiership but they came out firing this goal by Sam Dalby got the 4,000 traveling fans excited and then Lee or Elliot Lee from distance and it's 2-0. For Wrexham, late in the first half, follow the bouncing headers, finished by Thomas O'Connor and Wrexham hung on for a 4-3 win. They are headed to the fourth round. They are playing in the lowest division of any left in the competition. And with Ryan Reynolds as the owner, there is plenty of attention on Wrexham. He is pleasantly surprised. He had tweeted out a lot of fun stuff. And, of course, the English tabloids are gobbling up anything he says. So, And he's got the, uh, I think there's a Netflix series that he has with them, too. So everyone is cheering for Wrexham.
1: Very cool and everyone yep. wins congratulations Ryan
6: mm-hmm.
1: coming up booze on demand but not in BC we'll tell you where though after the break Stay with us Got my- a controversial convenience has arrived in Ontario which means there's a new way to get booze delivered right to your doorstep Brittany Rosen reports
13: Instead of lining up for your liquor at the LCBO, you can now order hundreds of brands of alcohol from the comfort of your own couch through the Uber Eats app. The home delivery service is a pilot project, according to the Provincial Liquor Agency. Meanwhile, Uber Eats says prior to ordering, users must confirm they are over the age of 19 in the app, and upon delivery, their sobriety and age will be verified.
1: Depending
2: on how, you know,
1: desperate I would be or if I'm not able to get out or if it's convenient for the time then I might just do it.
12: I usually come myself right I like to browse and look at the the wines.
13: Uber isn't the first nor the only company to deliver liquor to consumers doorsteps. (laughs) Skip the Dishes has also been part of the deal and currently sells products from Wine Rack and the beer store. But now that the number of merchants explicitly selling alcohol on demand is expanding online, some restaurants like this one have a glass half full attitude towards the move.
11: Did our wine order come in okay?
13: Paul Merriman is the owner of the Tickled Toad in Thornhill, which has been open for 30 years. He says over that time he's had to adapt to countless changes in the hospitality sector.
11: What do you do 30 years? You just keep on keep on changing. I mean, it's not the first time there's been hiccups on the road, um, no smoking and different, you know, there's been a million things that have, have changed throughout the years and you just sort of, you try to adapt and, uh, and get through it. No.
13: But Mothers Against Drunk Driving supports the move, saying it is a safe and convenient option for consumers. People are still going to make a uh, wrong decision, but the more that we can give people in their toolbox to make sure that they can make proper decisions, I think that's what's important.
3: Yeah.
13: People that order their alcohol through the app will be charged a five forty nine delivery fee. Even though I don't
7: really drink, but on occasions when I'm not feeling like going on the road. I'll get an Uber Eats to dash me some bows, yeah.
1: Brittany Rosen, Global News. Okay, if only that was in B.C., Barry, you'd never have to leave your house.
6: Well, I pride myself in always being well-stocked,
12: <laughs> yeah.
6: so it, it could never happen.
12: Oh, good. You're prepared anyways. I'm prepared, yeah. yeah. All the time. Like okay. a Boy Scout, yeah. <laughs> nice.
6: uh, Yvonne, quick look
1: at weather before we go tonight.
12: Uh, we're still tracking some rainfall this evening. There'll be a brief break overnight and some fog, and then we've got the next round of rain that is going to move in. Heads up tomorrow with that rainfall. It'll be breezy. The winds will pick up gusts of up to 40 in a few spots closer to the water, up to 50 kilometers per hour in the t- takeaway from this five-day forecast. It'll be on and off rain. We'll be tracking in in the coming days.
1: Okay, get those umbrellas handy. Thanks so much, you guys. That's all for us this evening. Thanks for sharing part of yours with us. We'll see you right back here at 11. See you then.